Hey there, welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Rob Reed, President of Bison Fire Protection. And I believe that together we can make the world a safer place. So every week we're going into the fire to pull out life lessons learned from frontline professionals and apply them to fire protection, business, and most importantly, everyday life lessons. This week we're talking to Tyler Bjornsson, and Tyler is the director of loss control over at Wawanisa Insurance, and he has a great story to share with us about uh, working with mentors and advisors. Let's have a listen to what Tyler has to say. Hi, I'm Tyler Bjornsson, director of loss control for the Wawanisa Mutual Insurance Company. I'm here to share with you a little bit about uh, loss control and what it is in the insurance world and, and how it applies uh, to you, uh, you know, in, in the public in the public eye. Uh, loss control is is widely misunderstood. Uh, I would say it's it's a team of insurance uh, personnel that are outbound. Uh, they go out and they, they visit the uh, our insured customers and they're out there to help prevent losses. Uh, everything from fire prevention to, uh, you know, it also broaches into uh, liability control. Uh, you know, there's a number of different ways that loss control would apply and, uh, and benefits the insured. Really, at the end of the day, we're helping to uh, make, make, it a, make it a safer place, uh, be it for uh, yourselves or your guests of your facility. Uh, a few stories as it, as it pertains to loss control and um, you know that I've seen over the years I've been uh, been in the industry now for 22 years uh, started as a, as, a, as a field inspector and have uh, you know, worked my way over to Wawadisa and now manage a team of uh, you know 21 field inspectors and in addition to a number of loss control vendors that are uh, also field bound every day uh, so right across Canada we've got field reps out uh, going through facilities, be them apartment buildings, manufacturing facilities, you know, restaurants, um, everything really, uh, out there trying to make a difference. And uh, one of the stories I'll share with you, uh, we, we, we've had a, uh, I had the opportunity to go through, a, it was a restaurant type of risk, of course the names are never mentioned, but um, the, the uh, restaurateur had an electrical panel and it was sitting right adjacent to a deep fryer. And, and you come in and you see this electrical panel and you're thinking, oh boy, you know, grease coated, this isn't, this isn't really ideal, you know. I think it was, you know, maybe a bit of a miss when things got started. Um, it shouldn't have been there. So uh, the discussion was, hey, you know, maybe you should look at moving this or relocating this or, you know, there's a few other ways. You know, you, we try to work with our insureds, um, you know, to try to come to a, a solution that'll work for everyone. Uh, it wasn't really something that I, I don't think the individual wanted to hear. Uh, un unfortunately, it never got done. And, uh, you know, it was one of those situations where you find out as the aftermath, right? So this was, I think about a year and a half later, I see in the news, oh, fire restaurant and unfortunately it was this restaurant and I, I, the approximate cause of the loss was this greasy panel that had not been addressed uh, just it was in the wrong spot so i mean it's one of those things this this is a a, a sad tale i guess if we could put it that way uh, many many of the others have much better endings we don't get to see the happy ending i guess a lot of times but uh, you know at the end of the day insurance loss control is out there to help make a difference we're out there to make suggestions uh, to help uh, insureds improve their risk uh, it's not the strong arm of the law, it's not a authority having jurisdiction. Uh, we're out there as advisors or consultants really to help insureds uh, you know, keep, keep their facilities safer and uh, you know, at the end of the day you know, make, make it a safer place to visit for their customers, work for their employees and so that the, uh, the, the engine or the wheels of the business keep rolling. So thank you Tyler for that great story. Now I want to take a minute and talk about the fire protection takeaway. 
This is one of those areas, and, and it's always, I think, a little touchy for me to talk about, but we're not in business to just make money off of fires. We're in business to make the world a safer place. And we do that by making sure that you have the best opportunity with the best equipment, maybe the best training. And so when companies like ours or, uh, you know, my team or I or people in the insurance business walk into your place and they're going through it, we're going and we're looking for the best intentions. I guess I should say with the best intentions of what we can do because when your business is successful we're successful I don't want to deal with you once I want to work with you over 20 years 25 years and at this point in my career I've had those kind of customers I want to make sure that they're safe because when they're having success they're feeding their families as much as I'm feeding mine or the bison family here so when we come in please understand that we have the best intentions and we're trying to advise or mentor you into a situation that is more beneficial for you and I really just can't emphasize that enough. A few weeks ago I was at a golf tournament and I'd made the donation of a fire extinguisher to somebody and of course I get up at the front and draw the name out, call the person up and everyone smiles and we shake hands and I said yeah make sure you don't use it. And of course we get a big laugh from the crowd and you know the person himself he had a chuckle and off he goes but the truth of it is why would he be using a fire extinguisher because something is going wrong and we don't want that i don't want to have to go to somebody's business and go oh my god look what they're doing they got the shutdown you're looking at them maybe sending people home while they get everything cleaned up interruption of business i talked about in a previous episode how businesses don't recover. 40% uh, of businesses don't recover after a catastrophic fire almost immediately and 80% of businesses don't survive 18 months afterwards. That's a big deal. I don't want you to go through that. The insurance companies don't want you to go through that. So take the time and please listen to what we have to say because we are there to be a friend, a mentor, an advisor to make your world a safer place. So let's get into the business takeaway. Now, I've spent a lot of time with different CEOs and different business owners and presidents, and I know that in speaking with them, they always have an advisory group, people they talk to, and sometimes it's formalized, sometimes it's not. I remember talking with uh, Brian Sharfstein a number of years ago from Canadian Footwear, and him talking about putting together a board of directors that can come in and work with you to help you do uh, decision making and when you've got some new ideas you bounce it off them they hold you to your goals and I thought the idea of forming a volunteer board like that was a really good one great piece of advice from Brian um, but you know you have to make sure that when you're getting into business and you're talking to your advisors and when I'm talking about those uh, I know I've referenced them in previous shows as well as partners and people like that but your advisors are your lawyers, your accountants, your bankers, whether they're partnered with you or whether they're giving you advice or mentoring you along, you gotta work with these people because they're professionals. They've been trained in what they're doing and you're a business owner, you're not a lawyer, you're not a banker. They understand parts of your business you don't know. And you think about you know, having these people that can speak to you in a professional way and keep you on track. I've talked about business blind spots, I think in the past, but I don't know. But business blind spots are a very 
big part of something that CEOs and anyone in business really, uh, even staff have to deal with because we all have our blind spots, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, the things we see, the things we don't see. Those are the parts of our personality that just don't, we don't see. We're happily going through life. Uh, you know, if you're a person that's great with numbers, maybe that's the, the part of the business you're very strong in. So focus on that, don't focus on sales. Or conversely, if you're a strong salesperson, but you're terrible with numbers, make sure you have a person that can do that. Hire to your blind spots, hire to your weaknesses. Good advisors, good mentors will help you identify your blind spots because you just can't see them. That's why they're blind spots. Now, I know I've seen different quotes that are out there and one that, one that pops into my mind right now is something I've heard Steve Jobs say, or saw it online, that Steve Jobs gets tagged with a whole bunch of stuff that I know that he never said. But uh, anyways, this was a quote that his name's been tagged to is, uh, why would I hire people, uh, smart people, and then not listen to them? You've hired these people for a reason. You want their advice. Work with them, listen to what they have to say, because they are seeing your blind spots. So work with them and listen to them. Another thing, when you're going through business, uh, there are people you probably shouldn't be listening to. And as much as they are good people, they don't know your business. And I'm gonna talk about uh, relatives, your friends, your best buddy. Might be the greatest guy in the world, but he doesn't know your business. And if he's not a business owner, he's not in management, but just somebody you grew up with, He's gonna give you emotional advice, which isn't necessarily good advice, or they'll give you empathetic advice, but it doesn't kick you in the butt when you really need a good kick in the butt that says, hey, get going. That's where your other groups of professionals come in and really help you out. Now, keep in mind that there are other advisors and mentors, people you can find out there that can help you out, whether it's a coach or different uh, consultants that can come in. And you have to be careful and make sure you vet them because I'm going to say it like this. Uh, it's, it's like reading a cookbook and calling yourself a fantastic chef, yet you've never cracked an egg. If you've got a coach or a consultant who has never actually done the work that you're doing or done the work that they're trying to consult you on. They've just decided they're a consultant because it's an easy thing to do or they're going to be a coach because they're, they failed in their last job and coaching seems to be good because they're a good talker. If you haven't cracked an egg, you're never going to make the omelet. If you've read the cookbook, it doesn't make you a great cook. You got to do the work. You got to put in the time. Now, when you need a coach, or you need a consultant or someone to come into your business. It's so important. Get references. Vet these people because good ones will take you where you want to go. Bad ones will take your money. So this is probably the most important segment. This is the life lessons part. I really, you know, want to talk about this one today. And I want to talk to the kids out there a little bit. You know what, kids? You think about this a little bit. Uh, right now you've got great parents around you. Maybe you've got some grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your teachers. Those people are taking you where you need to go. They're giving you their years of experience to help you through life, help you through the pitfalls. Now, they're gonna let you skin your knee once in a while. We know that's gonna happen. But uh, you know what? They're gonna tell you why you skinned your knee and maybe help you avoid doing it again in the future. So give those people the respect that they're due. 
listen to them and learn from them because they want the best from you. I said this to my kids so many times. There's nobody in the world that wants better for you than your mom and I. No matter what you know, we're talking about now, and sometimes we're giving you the heat, and sometimes we're giving you the hugs, but nobody out there wants more for you than your parents. So kids, remember that. That's important. But as kids grow up and we become young adults and we're moving into business, we have to start thinking about uh, where we're going and how we're developing what we want to develop into. Do we have a plan for it? And again, because I want to stay on the theme of advisors and mentors, people like that, you need to start thinking about, I'm going to say, uh, the different advisors that we can find very easily. And you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And what I mean by that is, if you're spending your time with five great people, very five very strong people, they'll bring you up. If you're spending your time with five weaker people or people that just aren't in business and, and going where you're going, they'll take you down. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have outside friends and things like that. But through the day, what are you doing to feed yourself? Where are you finding your mentors? These days, mentors are easy to find um, at minimal cost when you start thinking about just reading the right books, going to the podcasts, uh, watching videos and uh, you know YouTubes and things like that. There's tons of good people out there. You know, if you're spending your time with say Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Terry O'Reilly, Simon Sinek, John Maxwell, uh, Mark Moses, any of those guys that are great authors, they have great shows, they are strong business people, they're strong leadership development people, uh, 20 Robbins, you know, there's there's different guys out there. Find the ones you like, and if you're going to be online consuming information that brings you up, you will become better because of it. But watching it and listening to it isn't enough. Make sure you spend the time applying it, because how many people out there have the conversation? They read the book but they don't intentionally take it to the next level, which is working, I'll say, as your family because, you know, you want your family to be better and stronger. And I've listened to so many different podcasts, and then I re-listen to them with the family because so many things in business, working together, listening, helping each other, support, teamwork, all that great stuff applies at home as well. So keep that in mind as you go through your daily life. All right, so let's wrap this up. I want to thank Tyler Bjornsson from Wawanisa Insurance for his great story today. Now, I know you learned something from today's episode of Into the Fire. Do your friends and family a favor and share it with them. You never know when you can help them out. I have another question for you, a bit of a challenge. Do you have a fire story you want to share? Take the time to get in touch and send it to us. You can find us through social media or call the office, whatever you want to do. And maybe it can burn its way into a future episode. Now, together, we can make the world a safer place by sharing information and using our advisors and mentors. I'm Rob Reed. This is Into the Fire. We'll see you next week.